You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Welcome to the show. The interview subject I've got coming up for you. I didn't think I'd have a chance to chat to Corporate Death, a.k.a. Lance Lencioni from The Outfit. Macabre. Wow, there you go. This is a band that I remember way back in the day, actually in the late 90s, reading about in Metal Maniacs, and I certainly checked their stuff out when their album Dharma was released in year 2000. Haven't heard a lot from them since. I know they've had plenty of copy out there, but their new album is the catalyst for this conversation. The name of the album, Carnival of Killers, and it's superb. It's great for all of the reasons that I talk about with Lance throughout this conversation. So let's get to it. Here he is, Lance Lencioni from The Outfit, Macabre. Hey Lance, it's Andrew McKay-Smith calling for a chat. How are you going? Oh, good. How are you doing? Mate, I'm doing very well. Uh, what, what's uh, what's the day held for you thus far? Uh, well, it's a gloomy day here. It's getting really cold. It, it snowed the last couple of days. Not too much snow, but, um, you know, it's starting to snow. Winter's coming here, and just a pretty gloomy, bad year. Yeah, you're not wrong. And whereabouts in these states do you live? Yeah. Yeah, which uh, which territory? You are, you're obviously in the northern part of the states, are you, if it's gloomy and snowy? No, I'm uh, I'm, a, I'm in the Midwest. I'm, I'm like... Uh, 20 minutes from the city of Chicago. Uh-huh. Well, Chicago's a tough town. Yeah, I've done some research on it. And uh, a lot of violence, to be honest with you. That's uh, certainly what's coming back about, um, you know, there's uh, certainly some neighbourhoods there that I think if you accidentally uh, find yourself in them, you want to get out fairly quickly. Well, I don't live in the city, so I live in the suburbs, but... Um... We'll see what happens in the future, you know, the taxes and everything, and just, it's getting ridiculous with everything, but uh, mm. yeah, I don't live in the super violent parts or anything like that, but I'm not too far away from it, you know, all you gotta do is take a 30 <laughs> minute drive, so. <laughs> Mate, you should migrate here, we'd love to have you here. Oh, I'd, I'd love to go out there, except the only thing I'm worried about is those, uh, like, uh, Sydney funnel webs and so some of the uh, crazy snakes you guys have out there, you know, in the the red backs and stuff. You're not wrong. <laughs> we don't we we don't get those out here. <clears throat> You're not wrong. Well, most people who live in say uh, the greater suburbs of Sydney or Melbourne probably take for granted that as soon as you get outside of those areas, so many of the animals here are just trying to kill you. That's if you cross their paths. Oh, most yeah. of them keep to themselves and. The thing that is probably most threatening about Australia is the animals that are in the water. So in Queensland, where I live, well, it's it's the most the most venomous, uh, poisonous, crazy uh, in the water, insects, everything out there. You guys are definitely the king of that. <laughs> well, north of Bundaberg these days, <laughs> I think if you if you go into the water, well, you don't. A lot of British tourists have been uh, snorkeling and doing all sorts of stuff off yachts and the like in the wet Sundays. And when I say a lot, uh, there's been five or six attacks, I think, in the last 12 months or so. That's shark attacks. So they're getting a little oh, closer yeah. to home and they're hitting tourist areas yeah. as well. So I'm sure the Tourism Bureau well, they doesn't got the, want me to they talk got about the taste of human. They got the taste of human blood and they, yeah. they like it. Just like Albert Fish. 
<laughs> Albert Fish. It's interesting, and this hopefully this will draw a laugh from you. So it's seven o'clock over here, and I'm just getting the kids organised for school. And guess which song we just had on? It was "Them Dry Bones," and we were jigging along to it. It was getting us. It was our soundtrack to getting ready for school. Oh, wow, yeah, that's about uh, Doctor Holmes, H. H. Holmes, uh, mm. Herman Mudgett, and he uh, <clears throat> did one song about him in the past. And are you, are you uh, doing the interview now, recording it? Yeah, go for it. The whole thing. Yeah, I'm, I host a podcast, oh, cool, so cool, I just cool. I just put it all cool, out. Cool. I don't so know. I, I've done so many interviews lately; it's like a big blur to me. So, so <laughs> I that, like I did like four yesterday, and you know, like four the day before. So it's like it's the interviews get to be a big blur after a while. But yeah, uh, it's it's okay. Um, yeah, that one is. Uh, I brought back an, an old song about Doctor Holmes, <clears throat> which I wrote this. I wrote that one a few years back. And it's, um, oh, I didn't actually write it. It's actually uh, a cover song, that one. It's um, Oh, really? Done, done by the Delta Rhythm section. It's an old gospel song from the 50s, I believe, or 60s. I, I can't remember the year exactly, but um, if you look up the Delta Rhythm section, it's called Dry Bones. Okay. Um, I kind of I took that version and changed the lyrics to it and made it more metal. And uh, But it, it's, it's kind of an old... Like hit song, gospel song. If you ever seen the TV show The Munsters, sure, with Herman yeah. Munster, yeah, he actually uh, became like a radio star with that song. Where he, this is back a long time ago in the '60s or whatever, and mm. um, he was playing it on guitar, Herman Munster, and he became some, like huge pop star with that song. But uh, yeah, I kind of took the Delta Rhythm section song and uh, I did it in my own way. <clears throat> you have, you have, and look, I've got to compliment you. Great work with Carnival of Killers too, by the way. Look, it's an album that for oh, me brings it brings me back a little bit. I've got to tell you because the last time I got into the band was on Dharma way back in year two thousand. And what I love about the album is I get so much copy these days, and it's just it's so full on, <laughs> and it's great musicianship. I think some of the songs are well crafted, but the sounds, man, they haven't quite managed to capture a lot of the sounds in a way that is musical and listenable. You've done that across Carnival of oh, well, Killers. thank you. So, I mean, if, if you have the lyrics in front of you, which we probably don't yet, right? No, nah, not yet. No, I don't have much, actually. I just got the, you know, the invitation I, for the... I mean, you'll understand it a little bit more with the lyrics, but um, hmm. I, I always try to pronounce my lyrics even when I'm doing the heavy stuff, you know, where you can kind of understand it, you know. You know, I've done like the Zodiac song in the past or whatever, it's like mm. pretty growling where you might have to read along with it. But these days I try to pronounce everything pretty clear where people can understand it without the lyrics. But uh, yeah, I really tried to do variety on this album. That was my main goal on this one where um, I, I really tried to push the musical styles on this one. And I really focused on the vocal styles. Uh, trying to do a lot of different vocal styles on it where it sounds like a bunch of different bands on there. If you played, okay, here, here's some songs for you. They would maybe wouldn't even think it's the same band on some songs, you know, but um, yeah, it's, this is, uh, I think it's our best album. It's, you know, it's my favorite one. It's a, it's definitely you know, we've, had some, yeah. we've had some good ones in the past and stuff, but this kind of shows the progression of macabre to this time. And, uh, like I said, I really tried to push the vocals on this one and uh, the musical styles. I 
I love how the music breathes, exactly to your point there, and I love the killer, thrashy stomp that you imbue within them. That brings me to this point, which is the guitar playing is outstanding because you've got some tasty solos and, and you've got heaps of great riffs. So do you create riffs in your mind or do you noodle them on the guitar until you find something? No, I pretty much create most of it in my mind. Um, and like melodies and stuff like that, I, I, I guess I got some kind of a gift with that where I can think of a, a melody and maybe some lyrics or something and just like figure it out on guitar pretty easy. You know, I was always pretty good at like figuring out songs by ear on guitar, like Black Sabbath songs or whatever in the past. And hmm. um, yeah, this one is where I, you know, it was like, um, like all, but all the guitar solos on there were all improvised. I didn't, I didn't have anything planned on it. I just kind of went in the studio and made them all up on the spot. And I've done that in the past too, where I can like, uh, okay, I'm going to make these solos up and stuff and then just figure them out later on guitar. And I, I kind of know what I'm doing on it. It's like where, Hey, I, I know where I'm at here, but it might take me a little time to figure it out. But I did one solo on the album. It's uh, called breaking point. Okay. Yep. And I, I just went in there and did it real quick. It was just like a quickie and, I used a, a big lighter for, you know, a, a cigarette lighter and uh, my fingers on it. I didn't even use a pick on it. I, I so know that I just kind of, yeah. I know that point. Yeah, yeah. So there's no pick used on it. I mean, people, it's, it might sound like a pick on points, but it's all fingers on that and the lighter. And I just made it up on the spot, just like all the other solos. But yeah, that's kind of how I do it. The music is, uh, you know, written from my head, a lot of it, but you know, that's, that's how I, I do a lot of stuff. Even in the past, I've done that, you know? Yeah, that song, actually, I know it. you jogged my memory because it sounds like as though you're playing slide guitar in a way. Yeah, I used a big lighter on it. That's what I used for a slide. I didn't use a slide, but, you know, back when I played when I was a teenager, someone showed me, yeah, you can use a lighter on this stuff. So I'm like, okay. And, you know, the slide kind of hinders me a little bit more for having something on my finger but i just kind of hold it in my hands and uh i i got to like um the song your window is open the first song <clears throat> that's all fingers on the whole song i didn't use a pick on it great great playing so uh, guitar world yeah i get, just, could get in touch with you actually <laughs> so i i, I kind of try to recreate my style a little bit i didn't i use a pick on most of the songs but that one I use no pick on it, and uh, it's just um, kind of a, a weird sweeping style with my fingers and stuff where I thought it sounded cool, so I said, okay, let's start doing more of this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, Even on the solos, it was the, <laughs> the solos, the solo on the, the solos on that song also were all fingers. I didn't use a pick on it. Does it frustrate you somewhat that people overlook your guitar playing? Because it is, as I say, it's very tasty. Um, I don't know. I, I guess we've never really gotten our name out there like we wanted to, you know, and hopefully now we're with nuclear blast, uh, total pros are great label, probably the biggest metal label in the world. Great yep. people to work with. Uh, they're going to get our stuff way out there way more than in the past. And so more people are going to be able to hear it. Um, you know, I never really thought about it like that, where people overlooked it. I've had a lot of people say, yeah, I love your guitar playing, or whatever. So I'm like, 
cool, you know. I'm happy, you know. What's the strangest request you've had from a fan? Um, I, I can't talk about that kind of stuff. Some girls have given me some strange requests, <laughs> but no. Um, I don't know. What do you mean, like a song or what? Uh, not necessarily. No, I mean, I mean, you are a band that is unique, if I can frame it that way. And I certainly <clears> remember well, back had, in... You're on. Well, I've had, like, people, like, say stupid stuff and crazy, like, um, yeah, if I kill somebody, will you do a song about me? And I'm oh like, God, yeah. no, I, I probably, I won't do something like that. I, I'm like, I told the guy, look, we don't cut, we don't condone these guys. And in in my music, when I write and stuff, I, if anything, I cut these guys down and say, these are bad people. Sometimes I take it from first person perspective where I am the killer singing the song. And it's like a narrative kind of thing. And um, most of the time it's like a newspaper article where you would read it and get, it's all factual, all our music and all the lyrics. And I try to get it pretty exact where I, I'm not making anything up on there. But if anything, I say, these are bad people and watch out. It's kind of a warning to people. So I never condone them in my music. It's, it's not like we say, yeah, killers are good. Yeah. You, you should be go out and be a killer or anything like that, you know? <clears throat> And have you ever been contacted by any of the families of the victims of serial killers that you've written about? No, I guess, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a few, like, reviews or something where they say you're glorifying it and stuff. But like I just told you, it's like, if anything, I'm cutting it down. This is, this is history. This is the evil side of history. Hmm. There's a lot of evil people out there. And is this something that we should just sweep under the rug and never talk about and say, okay, I do it in an art form. My music is my palette. You know, this is mm -hmm. how I, I work with it. And it's, I call it creative storytelling where I tell the stories about these guys. And I think I kind of brought back an old art form from the medieval times where um, these guys would travel around as minstrels and tell poetry and uh, do music and, and tell stories about these different killers before printing presses were invented. And um, I think I'm kind of bringing back an old art form where this is how the music, the, the word spread back then. Okay, people didn't know there was no mass media or anything back then. So, yeah, I, it's, I'm just bringing back an old art form pretty much. What started your line of inquiry with this sort of stuff? Was it something that, was there a, a show or a movie or was it, say, the Zodiac Killer back in the day that you were watching the way the news media was reporting on it and thought, wow, this is, this is interesting? Well, I'm a little bit older. So uh, when I was in junior high, I was about 15. I did a book report on Bonnie and Clyde, the, gang, the, the bank robbers. Mm-hmm. You've heard of Bonnie and Clyde? I don't know. Yeah, Maybe not. Yeah, I'm 42, so yeah, okay. I've definitely heard of them. Yeah, they had movies about them and everything. So I was I was reading in this book called Blood Letters and Bad Men. It had gangsters and killers in there, and I just happened to stumble upon Ed Gein and Albert Fish in there and read about them. I'm like, how is this even possible? This old guy's out there eating little kids and making stews out of them, and Ed Gein digging up graves and making art out of their bodies and stuff for his house. And uh, a few years later, you know, I was playing music back then, but 
I wasn't like doing songs about him or anything, but then some years later, um, I said, wow, let's do a song about Ed Gein. And then, okay, let's do a song about Albert Fish. So I didn't do like all killer songs or anything, but, um, years later, um, the macabre started, we didn't do a hundred percent killers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, on the first album, grim reality, but I did a big, a big percentage, but we did a few other songs in there and gloom too, our second album where I sang about other, other topics. Um, and then on sinister slaughter, I said, well, we should just probably just go all serial killers. And that's all we write about serial killers and mass murderers and stuff. And, I, I figured no one's ever done that before. So I think we kind of invented uh, writing about killers full time. I think so. And it's interesting. I might be wrong, but I don't think you've been copied. You're it. Uh, well, I think we've been copied, but not to that extent uh, mm. where people just do it for every song. And, and maybe there is, I'm sure there's some bands out there that do that. And that's fine. You know, I, if I, inspired people to you know go that direction and stuff you know uh people we called it murder metal on our one album yes and uh i i would more or less call it murder music because i think i can go any direction i want to go with the music and that's what i kind of try to do on this new album mm-hmm. you know i wasn't trying to be too mellow with it or anything but uh as long as I'm singing about the serial killers, we can go any direction we want to go with the vocals and music. Of course, I'm not going to do like a rap song or anything about that, like about a serial killer. <laughs> Please don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but we also did the Macabre Minstrels, um, okay. an album. Have you heard that one? It was an EP we did. I have, yeah. Well, I mean, I looked on Wikipedia, so I saw, I was familiar with your music, but not necessarily with the catalog, but I saw that one there, yeah. Yeah, the Macabre Minstrels was me and the bass player playing two uh, folk guitars, um, trying to portray more of the minstrel singing. We did like some children's music on there. There was like from a Disney album I heard, and we we sing about some killers too on there. Mm-hmm. So it was like a five song EP, and I'd I'd like to bring that back. Um, to uh, like after this album, I'd like to work on. This album we had, uh, I started writing about 25, 30 years ago, actually. Nice. And I have yeah. a lot of it written, a lot of songs. It's it's about Albert Fish. It's a life story of mm-hmm. Albert Fish. It's kind of like children's music and all this seafaring music, like uh, sailor kind of stuff. And it's it's called Fish Tales. And it's all like these really nice vocals and really sick lyrics, like about Albert Fish eating kids. And I'd like to add the drummer into it where he's playing more traditional hand drums and stuff like kind of like an Irish Rovers kind of sound. And, you know, some, you know, like a really old, you know, really traditional sound in it. And uh, I'd like to bring that back and eventually maybe tour with uh, Macabre Minstrels opening up with a few other bands. And then we headline the tour where we could actually play like, two different bands, you know, with the same three guys. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, all great stuff, and please do do it if you've got the time. So the last album came out uh, was, uh, gosh, what was the name of the last album? I can't remember, sorry, but it came out in 2000. Uh, Grim Scary Tales. There you go. Grim Scary Tales came yeah. out in 2011. So what have you been doing in the years between? 
Um, I, it's just life gets tough as you get older, you know. I mean, we could have probably came out with the album some years earlier, but, you know, we didn't have the right record offer. And, uh, you know, it's like I had a lot of this stuff written and stuff, but even a lot of it I wrote at the last minute, like a lot of lyrical stuff. But, you know, it's it's life pretty much, you know. It's like we're, we're not like a band that just tours full time and, you know, okay, we tour six months out of the year or anything like that. But now as I'm getting older, I think I want to start doing more music and stuff. And, uh, you know, this is kind of the way we've always done it. But, like, you know, I, I never try to force myself and say I, I have to do an album every three years or, you know, okay, we got to jump at the first record offer or anything like that. So this is just kind of the way we've always done it, you know. Hmm. And is there any, any serial killer that, even for yourself, you've thought, I'm not going to go there? Well, we have in the past. Um, I don't know. Uh, the Columbine song, the, the school shooting, uh, my yep. bass player was like, I don't want to do that. I started writing a song about it. And, you know, like if anything, it's like cutting these guys down like, once again. But, you know, after some time, if you do something like that when it first comes out, it's it's probably not a good thing, you know. Just like we did a song on on our new album called "Now It's Time to Pay." It's about Timothy McVeigh, where he blew up the federal building. Yes, yep. I, if you if you I don't know if you know all the stories on this. Oh, I do. Stuff, yeah, but, uh, no, I'm familiar with most okay. of them actually. Yeah. So that one we we stayed away from at first. I started writing a song about it back when it you know right after it happened and stuff, or when the trial was going on and stuff, but bass player was like, no, let's not do that now. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get in a big argument with you about this. You know, you're censoring me, but yeah, you're probably right. And then years later, I, I came out with a song on this album. And like, if you read the lyrics to it, which when you get them, check it out. Uh, it's pretty much like, now it's time to pay, you know, and you know, hell's waiting for you. And it's like pretty much saying the guy's in hell and stuff, you know, like that. So, it's like if you read the lyrics, it's pretty much storytelling, and it doesn't it doesn't condone in any of these guys and say they're good. For sure, yeah, it's interesting. I was, I, I have noticed that you, the mainstream media generally, of course, they do with almost all heavy metal, but especially with you guys, they steer well away. But I do wonder if you were to write an album or even a couple of songs that were focused on say Jeffrey Epstein or uh, Harvey Weinstein or even the Clintons, for example, I wonder if you'd attract their attention. Um, I, I'm pretty, I, I know about it all, but uh, we don't, we don't sing about that. You know, we're, we're a different category. You know, we don't get into politics. Hmm. Um, we just tell the stories about real serial killers and mass murderers from the past, and that doesn't really fit into that category. Mm -hmm, for sure, mate. I'll make this my final question for you. Australia, have okay. you been down? Have, have you been down here, and have you had a lot of feedback from us over the years? Uh, we were there twice. Um, we did uh, two tours there. Uh, second one was like even bigger. I think it was like seven or eight shows, you know. But it's like it's kind of rough, man. It's, you know, getting, you have to get on an airplane every morning and wake up pretty early after a show. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to stay up drinking all night. We have to wake up at, you know, 6am in the morning and 
they had gear uh, rented for these different clubs where you can't carry gear. It's all airplanes and stuff, but people are outstanding in Australia. They're, they're great people and they're super polite and just really good people, you know, like different than a lot of the USA states where people are kind of rude and stuff and <laughs> depends on where you go. You know, there's nice people all over the USA, but you know, certain cities and stuff, people are like, you know, they won't even say hi to you. If you say hi to them, you know, they just give you a dirty look, but, um, no, it was, it was great. Uh, we used the album cover was done by my friend from Australia, which I met on tour. His name is Laz Gian. Okay. And you can look him up on Facebook. He's a tattoo artist in Australia and, um, he can do any kind of art style. He can do like Leonardo da Vinci <clears throat> kind of art and, He's amazing, and I says, can you do this album with me? So me and him, I designed the album in my head, of course. <laughs> I had it in my head what I wanted, and uh, it was from an old Gacy painting I had. John Wayne Gacy used to paint some paintings for me when he was still alive. And uh, okay. I actually I met Gacy three times in Death Row. I actually went there, and I have photos with me and Gacy, but um, I got the idea for this album cover from this one he did called Pogo Circus. Mm -hmm. It's the best Gacy painting in the world. It's him as the clown on a pogo stick, Pogo the clown with a circus background. So that's where the idea came from. But me and Laz Gian worked on this for like two months over the smartphones where he could create one killer at a time. And I could say, can you change this or change this? And we just <laughs> went back and forth and created the album cover. And I think it came out really good. It came out beautifully. Yeah, it, it truly did. It was going to be one of. So I just said my final question was the Australian thing, but uh, no, it's it was pretty colorful. It's pretty colorful. You won't see too many uh, extreme metal bands uh, doing colorful albums like that. I don't think. No, <laughs> no. If you if you take a cursory glance, or you don't study the detail, it just looks like a circus folk picture or something advertising something for a circus. But when you start studying it, as my daughter, my seven year old daughter, just did before and. What'd you say? Why is that man killing that woman? So there you go. <laughs> yeah, but we use all the all the killers from the album on on the cover, and yeah. there's two on there: Andre Chikatilo, and we did two Ed Gian songs on the album. But one is a bonus track, and the Chikatilo song is also a bonus track. So we included him on the album album cover, the Russian Killer, hmm. and um, yeah, so it's all. I, I wanted to make it like, okay, we're not going to throw Dahmer in there. He's not on the album and stuff like that. So that's kind of how it worked out. And uh, yeah, I think it came out good. I think uh, a lot of bands and stuff, this guy does commissioned works and everything from Australia. And I think a lot of bands after seeing this cover, he can do any style. Well, yeah. should contact him or look, look him up on Facebook and see, you know, his artwork. He's just amazing. He's my favorite artist. And, uh, I want to use him in the future for all our albums. Fantastic. Yeah, please do so. Yeah, great partnership you've got there. And Lance, I'll leave it there. Thanks so much for the conversation. Long okay. may you prosper and continue to create stunning music. And yeah, good luck with everything. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. No worries, mate. All the best. Thanks for it. Thanks okay. again. Okay, good day. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. That conversation featured Lance Lencioni from the outfit, Macabre. Thanks for listening.